Nobody wants to be in need. People don't seek to be powerless. That's about as far away from being great in the eyes of the world as you can get. Think about it. Look at a family that has lost their home through the monsoons or hurricanes that have been tearing up the Caribbean, the Gulf Coast, and now Florida or India and Southern Asia. What power did these people have in the face of such storms? Look at the homeless person who goes to a shelter to get away from an abusive relationship. They might need to start over their life from scratch. What power do any of these folks have at all? They don't seem to be in a very great place, do they? Look at the world around you and see how it counts greatness. Now that the football season has started back up, you might look to the NFL for greatness. Who has the biggest salary? Who has the best statistics? For those of you who did wear your jerseys today for kickoff Sunday, thank you for getting the memo. But as the people of God, how do we see greatness? If we keep looking at the world around us, maybe you might see status in the rank or medals on someone's uniform or look at how big their office is or what kind of view you have from the window. But if you're not into those kinds of status symbols, you might look to see what kind of respect someone carries in their workplace, in their school, in their profession. In the eyes of the world, greatness often comes from what you can do. One day Jesus' disciples came to him with a question, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? It's kind of a recurring theme with the disciples. They fundamentally misunderstand what Jesus has come to do and what it looks like when he does do it. They see greatness like we do from the world's perspective. It makes sense to them that the kingdom of heaven, God's reigning, would look like how the world operates. Your standing must have something to do with your ability, with your worthiness, with what you can do. Now Jesus handles the situation far better than I think I would have. He doesn't shake his head and put his face in his hands and sigh, wondering why did I pick these guys for my disciples? Instead, he takes it and turns this opportunity into a teachable moment to correct their misunderstanding. Jesus brings a little child before them. Now back then, nobody would have looked at this boy or girl as an example of greatness. Today, sure, people might say that children are great examples of innocence or enthusiasm or trusting, but that is missing the point. They are describing what a child could be, not what the child actually is. Because back then, as now, a child is not the strongest, the fastest, the smartest, the wealthiest, the wisest, or the most powerful person around. Adults would not look to children as role models for greatness. They're dependents. They're not figures to emulate. And that is exactly the point that Jesus is making. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven are those most in need of God's grace. They are the ones who are struggling or hurting or alone and in desperate need in the family of faith. 
When Jesus declares in his Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, this is what he's talking about. People who are dependent on God's loving care. Jesus tells all his disciples, and that includes you and me, to care for them. God cares for everyone in need of his grace. He cares for the greatest by becoming least in the eyes of the world. In the miracle of the incarnation, God the Son steps down into humanity. He comes not as a prince, but as a pauper. He sets aside his glory and he lives with his creation in poverty, suffering and dying a painful and shameful death. That is how God cares for those in need. That is how God cares for you. For Jesus' disciples, caring for the greatest in the kingdom of heaven starts with recognizing your place in it, your person redeemed by Christ. Become like the children of God that you already are. Repent of pride. Acknowledge your abject need for God's grace. Look to Christ alone for your hope. You and I are only able to care for the greatest in the kingdom of heaven because of the gifts that God gives. And truly, we are dependent on God's grace for everything. So when you hear the rest of what Jesus says here in Matthew 18, if you take your bulletin with you, read it later today, or go home or read it in your Bible, your study Bible, read it in the context of what Jesus is saying here. It's all about caring for the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. We are to care for our brothers and sisters in the church, certainly in those times when they need it most. Care for your fellow disciple who is the weakest, who is struggling the most, who is most in need of patience and nurture and forgiveness. Don't make them stumble. Search after them if they wander. If someone is stumbling in sin, try to gain them back from that sin. And in those times when you are caring for the greatest, seeking to turn someone and restore them back into the community of which you are a part, they need it, even if they're not seeking it. Remember that caring for the greatest is not going to be an easy thing in those times because of the brokenness that sin brings into our lives. It might not even be very pleasant, probably won't. But even so, it is your calling as a member of this family of faith. We ought to demonstrate and care for one another, to, to show watchful concern. To put that in terms that we use in joining Jesus on his mission, get to know each other. Talk to the people in the pews around you. Get to know them by name. Get to know their stories and listen for the opportunities to do good, especially when it is most needed. As Jesus tells us, you are indeed serving him when you receive the greatest in the kingdom of heaven in his name. This weekend with our kickoff Sunday, we mark the beginning of a new year of discipleship and learning in our life together. A big part of this 
is caring for the little ones among us in Sunday school as we welcome them in, as we share that good news of who Jesus is, that God loves his little children regardless of their age. We've commissioned people to serve in that role, along with members of our church council and other leadership in our congregation. And if you are serving in one of those roles, know that you are indeed going to have the opportunity to care for the greatest in the kingdom of God. We're also going to be starting this fall's ESL program in the week ahead. It's another opportunity to serve our neighbors in Jesus' name, particularly those who are often cast off in the eyes of the world and not considered great at all. If you'd like more information on how to do that, check this weekend's Weekly Word newsletter. Talk to us after the service. We'd be glad to connect you with that opportunity. But looking outside of our congregation to our larger family of faith in our country and our world, large numbers of people are in need right now, particularly from the hurricanes that have dominated the news for the past few weeks. As Jesus' disciples, we can and should provide material and financial support for those in need right now, those who are in need for long-term care and support. As many have said, this recovery is going to be much more of a marathon than a sprint. But in the church, we need to pay special attention to those who are our brothers and sisters in Christ, for they are our family in the faith. Members of sister congregations down south have lost homes, had damage to their church facilities and other buildings, including church workers and pastors. If you'd like to know about how you can support them through giving, through God's generous grace, you can talk to us after the service. You can go to St. John's website. But this is going to be a long-term work. We may indeed send a recovery team down as we did after Hurricane Katrina in the weeks and months ahead. But this is love in action. This is giving from God's grace to those most in need. Because remembering the psalmist's words from this morning, surely in the rush of great waters, God is still with his people. Nobody wants to be in need. People don't seek to be powerless. But we have a Savior who became the least to save those that he sees as the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So let us go and serve in his name. Amen.